Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Welcome to the Retirement Elevated podcast with Sean P. Lee. I'm your host, Sean P. Lee, uh, MSFS. I'm one of the managing partners at Elevated Retirement Group. And I'm really excited about the show that we've got today, uh, the podcast that we've got today. Now, if you're listening to the podcast and it was emailed to you and you want to figure out where you can find our podcast, you can find it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, any of the podcast apps. Uh, you can go ahead and just search Retirement Elevated with Sean P. Lee and we'll get you right into our podcast. Anyways, today what I wanted to talk about was an article that I recently read through MSNBC, which is called The 60-40 Portfolio Keeps Burning Investors. So why still use it? And this has been interesting with the stock market roller coaster ride that we've recently had. It's enough to get any investor a little nervous. But yet, so far, the swings in the industrial average and the S&P 500 are, are still only a tremor on any long-term view. Stock prices now are a little bit lower than they were a year ago. But nonetheless, for many investors, it's an overdue reminder that you know the stock prices can fall and fall a long way, as well as rise, which is what we've had over the last 10 years. And if you really think about it, we are going into a period of time where as we sit today, the market is underwater for 2018 for the first time since 2008. We haven't had a year of loss since 2008, and we tend to have short-term memories. We tend to forget about you know, some of the volatility that could potentially be out there and some of the risks that our portfolio may or may not be having. So this makes it a good moment to take stock and review your portfolio, review what's going on inside of your world and really getting a clear handle on, are you taking more risk than you want? Worse yet, are you taking more risk than you may realize? Now, if you're a client of our firm, you've gone through this process of determining exactly how much risk that you're comfortable with, how much risk that you're willing to take on, and working towards ensuring that you have a portfolio that matches up with that level of risk. We call it your risk score. If you're not a client of our firm, this is, could potentially be a good time to have a conversation about you know, how much risk am I really comfortable with? How much drawdown am I willing to take? and get a really clear picture of what's going on internally inside of your portfolio. And what's crazy about this is that if you look at that and you don't know how much risk you're taking, the scary part is there's a chance that your advisor may not know that as well. So when we look at this 60-40 portfolio, you know, there's lots of them. There's And there's lots of ideas. There's a robo-advisor that just give you an allocation. There's target date fund. There's balance funds glide path funds that try to offer you this one-stop uh, portfolio. And the idea behind that is let's build an allocation. Let's let it stay static, 60-40. It'll be a nice mixture between stocks and bonds. Hopefully it will alleviate some of the downward pressure. Different asset classes perform differently under market, different market conditions. But different asset classes only perform differently under different market conditions until they don't. So what do I mean by that? Well, Let's use the last two months, for example. The last two months, uh, we've seen the stock market have a correction, see a pullback there. It's made some investors scary, but also along that time, the Fed has raised rates. So now we've started to see this downward pressure on the bond market, where falling stock market usually leads to a, a bond market that offsets that and at least alleviates some of the downward pressure. 
But at this point in time, we're starting to see interest rates continue to rise and the federal government has announced they're going to continue to raise rates, which could potentially cause some downward pressure on, on the bonds. Now, when we look at this, it might bring a little bit of deja vu for some people. And what I'm talking about is that for an entire decade, from 1938 to 1948, a portfolio of 60% U.S. stocks and 40% U.S. Treasury bonds actually went backwards in relation to inflation. Now, this data is based on, on data compiled by New York University's Stern School of Business, as well as inflation data tracked by the U.S. Department of Labor. So over that 10-year period, not only did savers not get rewarded for investing, but they got penalized. Their portfolios lost purchasing power, and furthermore, that's before taxes. So if inflation's 5%, your portfolio rises 5%, you earned a zero real rate of return, but you're getting taxed as if you earned 5%. Now, the story was even worse some 30 years later. Someone who bought a 60-40 portfolio in 1968 saw it lose nearly a third of its value over the next six years in real terms. They're still underwater 15 years later. And Aon, when it comes to financial planning for college funds, or even worse, your retirement income. And not until 1984 did they even get back to where they had been during the summer of love. Now, when we start to talk about this, and we talk about this a lot on previous podcasts, we've talked about this on previous shows, that we're only as good as our plan. Now, our plan should be the driving force. How are we going to create income? What's our comfort level with fluctuation? What sources of income do we have? And then more importantly, how are we going to get taxed? What does our tax strategy look like? You know, do we have money that's invested in traditional IRAs, 401ks, 403bs that are tax deferred that we're going to be taxed on? Can we create a tax strategy that incorporates some Roth conversions or potentially making simultaneous withdrawals from different tax buckets or a taxable bucket, a tax deferred, and then maybe a tax free? How do we create our plan? But when we start to look at this, it's a changing world. You know, that 4% rule has changed. There are things that have changed throughout the course of history that affect how investors look at their plans and affect their comfortability when it comes to where they place their hard-earned assets. Let's talk about the 60-40 portfolio versus surging inflation for a second. Now, both of those periods that I talked about, 1938 to 1948, and then 1968, both saw periods of surging inflation. And the basic vulnerability of the 60-40 portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, is rising inflation. Ben Inker, that was the biggest thing that he talked about. He's the head of asset allocation at money manager GMO in Boston. He said, stocks have traditionally struggled during periods of inflation. And historical analysis has shown, while bonds, bonds have fared much worse. And why is that? When we see inflation, interest rates usually rise, has downward pressure once again on bond holdings. Now, in the 1970s, consumer inflation hit double digits twice. If you remember that, the Carter years where some of you were potentially buying a home and, and your home interest rate was 18% or 21%. Now, it hit 14% in 1980. Prices continued to go up. The downside is your portfolios during that same period continue to go down. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to have another period of time where we see downward pressure in the bond market, downward pressure in the stock market, and we don't keep pace with inflation. 
What I am saying at this point in time is we need to have a really clear understanding of, of where our portfolio sits and what are the risks associated with it. What are the risks that are associated with your portfolio? What's going to happen if we've got some bond holdings and the stock market depresses and, and interest rates rise and we see some depression on the bond side? Now, there's not a, a magic answer. You know, what are our choices there? Do we move out of bonds if that's comfortable for your risk? level and if you're comfortable with higher degree of fluctuation maybe you move out of bonds for a short period of time but what are some alternatives when it comes to looking at at this 60 40 portfolio what are some alternatives to using bonds well we could take a look at gold gold is still a go-to diversifier now gold and silver are not what they once were u.s government has broken its legal connection to the dollar but gold is one of those commodities that historically has performed differently under different market conditions and stocks and bonds. Still one of those go-to diversifiers. Cash. You know, cash can be king sometimes. That's the simplest asset class. It includes treasury bills, money market, short-term treasury bonds, and CDs. You know, could we go and purchase a CD right now for 2.75%? Yeah, Ally Bank has one. There's there's lots of different online CD or banks that that provide CDs. And so when we start to look at alternatives to bonds, there are a couple of them. Yeah, we could go out and we could get CDs and just say, you know what, we're gonna keep the powder dry. And, and this works with a number of asset classes, not necessarily gold, but CDs, and we could use fixed annuities. You know, get a fixed annuity at a fixed rate of return for two, three, four, five years give a little bit higher rate of, of return than a CD and gross tax deferred. The downside is fixed annuities have uh, surrender periods, much like a CD, but if you break your annuity early, you could potentially have a penalty into your principal. So there's some things that you gotta be careful of. But when we look at this concept and this idea of uh, keeping the powder dry, yeah, this concept, this idea was actually introduced to me by a buddy of mine and he's like, Sean, think about this. You know, back in the Revolutionary War, what was the hottest commodity or the most important asset that the soldiers had? Well, at that point in time, it was their powder. It was their gunpowder. And their entire goal in preparing for battle was if it rained, they had to keep the powder dry. If there was snow, they had to keep the powder dry. If they were crossing across a river, they had to keep the powder dry. Because once the powder got wet, they had to dry it out and they wouldn't be able to shoot the rifles. So their whole focus in preparing for battle was keeping the powder dry. So how does that coincide with talking about finances or coincide with the 60-40 rule? Well, right now, there's a pretty good opportunity to keep your powder dry. And if we're not comfortable with the markets, if we're not comfortable with the volatility that we're having, if we're not comfortable with some of those unknown risks and downward pressures, what do we do? Well, instead of using bonds or uh, maintaining a, a high stock allocation, you go out and you keep your powder dry for short periods of time. And what vehicles do you use when you want to keep the powder dry? Maybe you look at using a CD for 13 months. And Ally Bank, as of December 18th, had a 2.75 13-month CD. Uh, maybe use a fixed or an indexed annuity strategy, understanding that there are surrender penalties, but if there is a correction in the market, then 
you don't have to necessarily time it, but you could shift out 10% or the free out amount from the annuity contract back into the market and go discount shopping, but still maintain your core amount conservative, safe, and protected. So on the protected side, there's really only three places that you can go. There are two places that are 100% protected, fixed insurance products, annuities, and things like that, or CDs. And then create a new allocation that matches up with what your risk comfort score is, but step away from the bond market for the time being until we see where interest rates are going to go. Now, trust me, guys, this isn't a recommendation on what you should do. This is a recommendation or some ideas of what you, what options are out there. At the end of the day, it all comes down to planning. It comes down to making sure that you have a plan that you're comfortable with, that is going to take you in the direction that you want to take, and has a level of risk that you're comfortable with. Now, if you have questions on any of the stuff that I've talked about today, this is a great article. You can go ahead and reach out to us at elevatemyretirement.com. That's www.elevatemyretirement.com. Give our office a call. A member of our team, one of our advisors, would be more than happy to sit down with you and really show you what level of risk you're taking inside of your portfolio. And if there are tweaks or adjustments that need to be made, we'll talk about what those look like. But at least you know, because I'm a big believer if there's something that's happening to you that you're unaware of, when would you want to know about it? Would you want to know about it now, five years, or 10 years from now? Well, if there's something that's putting me at risk, I'd want to know about it now. I'd want to know about it as soon as possible so I could make a, a fact-based decision on should I or should I not make an adjustment on the path that I'm going down. So you could reach us at www.elevatemyretirement.com or you can just call our office and schedule time to meet with one, a member of our team, 801-639-0095. I wanted to thank everybody for taking 15 minutes, 20 minutes today just to listen to a little bit of a rant and, and a discussion on the 60-40 rule or 60-40 portfolio. Once again, if you're looking to download the podcast, you can do it on Google Apps, Google Podcasts, the App Store, uh, Stitcher, anywhere that you can download a podcast, you can find Retirement Elevated with Sean P. Lee. I'm Sean P. Lee, and until next time, wish you the best. Talk to you soon. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.